recorded live from the mats of Radical MMA in New York City, the Martial Culture Podcast. Your source for in-depth combat sports and martial arts insights with Kurt Rene Dreyfus and Matt Pierce. Ring the bell and let's get it on. Oh, I can't do it today. I'm still full of turkey. Hi, Renee. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I, I have to agree with you, man. You know, you're supposed to like have a discipline and 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 uh, control over your passions and your impulses. But Thanksgiving is like, I will overeat because this is so delicious. <laughs> Everybody that came to my mom's house for Thanksgiving brought a pie, so I had like seven pieces of pie. You know, it's, not in I, one day. I like the dessert of Thanksgiving, of course, and I had some, but it was really like the turkey and the stuffing and the all the 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 fixings of the the mm-hmm. the, the the Thanksgiving table that make it. So, and you know, it's not just that it tastes good; it has this nostalgia effect. Yeah, I eat turkey with cranberry, and I'm transported to being five years old again. Mm-hmm. You know, something something so so. Um, it it, it it just brings you to a mental state of such such, such pl- pl- that's so pleasant, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and you want that feeling more, and then you just wind up, you know, getting soaked on tryptophan and sitting on the couch and be like, yeah, I my, don't want to move. My brother is <laughs> a eighteen month old, and so she was there running around like a eighteen month old does, and we're all just sitting on the couch just trying to to get the get rid of the 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 drugs that we just took, <laughs> and she's just running around looking for somebody to play with, and there's no other kids, so it's just. An eighteen month old playing with plastic bags and you know <laughs> all by safe? herself. I don't know. She's fine. <laughs> She's okay. Reminds uh, me of the seventies parenting style. You know? <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> Here's a bag of glass and a bunch of nails. Yeah, yeah. Go, go, knock yourself fun. out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, my brother is a my brother and his wife are very good parents. They did, no plastic bags were used. That's your brother in law. You mean uh, who's on the show? Oh, your brother. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah, we're going to Ohio for the the wrestler brother. Right, right, right. For Christmas, we he's also tell me say hi. I will. He listens every week. So he does. Tell him, he... tell him he said hi yourself. Hello there. <laughs> <laughs> So there was a lot of stuff that happened over the last week. Last two uh, weeks. Last, yeah, we've been yeah. gone for a week. Yeah, uh, for the holidays, and uh, it was it was um, it was amazing. Uh, there was the UFC two UFC fight nights. There was Magni versus Pozzanibio, and then there was UFC fight night um, Blades versus Ngano, and um, some some really uh, great fights. Um, um, okay, so it's interesting because like like. Especially um, the Magni versus Pozzanibio, but uh, this Nagano too. It's like um, that they're they're um, these fights that are not pay per view, and people don't necessarily watch them. Although it, it was very hard to watch the 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 um, the, the Blades one because that was only on Fight Pass. It wasn't on, it wasn't on my TV. Mm. Uh, but the UFC fight in Magni Pozzanibio, man. If you had paid for that, you'd have been like, oh my god, that was money well spent. Wow. It. Every single fight was just, oh my God, these people come to fight. And there's a a new generation of fighters um, from all over the world. And, and you could see with the, the, the latest one, tons of fighters coming out of Asia mm-hmm. that were just amazing. But but there was there was a few fights. Um uh one of them was this was in the Magni Puznibi fight. It was Marlon Vera versus Guido Canetti. Oh my god. You know, I said this once in another podcast. There's a perfect word for this. It's a slobber knocker. Yeah. You know, like oh, they're man. just, just like, oh my 
God, it was like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, just crushing each other. And Kennedy was a bit more dominant in the second round, but he hit with the um, with the he hits and Guido with. Um, uh, 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 but then Marlon Vera hits Guido with a, a flying knee and an uppercut, and it just then Guido doesn't go down. He comes back, then he gets mounted, uh, and, and uh, um, uh, but then he he gets his back taken as choked out with the RNC. But it was it was just like it it was unbelievable. Every single fight was uh, there was Lamas versus Elkins, which was. An amazing match. If anybody can see it on the replay, I can't. I guys should look it up. It was beautiful display of jiu-jitsu. There was um, uh, Elkins comes in like a truck, but you could see how Lamas was just a little bit more of um, a little bit more tactical, you know, like thoughtful, and he slowed him down with kicks, particularly a kick that is becoming very, very popular in MMA right now, which I absolutely believe in, is the very, very low calf kick. So you're you're kicking not to the thigh, which most Muay Thai guys, not to the knee, you're, you're kicking to the lower part of the calf, and it just slows the guy down. It mm-hmm. slows the guy down. And um, um, it was... Uh, uh, there was um, uh, Lamas just chipped at him away, and um, and then there he, weren't many fights that went to decision. So yeah, no, good it was time. it was amazing. It was um, uh, it it was just amazing. And then um, the same thing with the Paznibio Magni fight. Um, it was ab- absolute, you know, amazing. Amazing leg destruction from Pazanibio. If you if you have a guy who's a great wrestler, or if a guy who's a great striker, if you take their legs away, if you really destroy their ability to move their legs, they can't they can't yeah. do anything. And um and Pazanibio's understanding of range was just breathtaking. And um uh then there's a big right hand and Magni just goes down. It was it was uh it was it was amazing. One um, one thing happened in the Puznibio fight, which I always talk about, and people were interested in MMA. Um, you know, MMA does not allow headbutts, but Magni hit Puznibio with a headbutt that could have changed the fight. He he um, he really damaged uh, Puznibio's eye with a, with a vicious headbutt. Intentional? I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> and when I say I don't know. I really don't know because I'm not in his head, but it, it was part of the combination. You know, there's never been a penalty and never been a disqualification for a headbutt in the UFC. And people use them all the time. Um, uh, there was one fight also where where a cut, a really bad cut opened up from a headbutt. I forgot what it was recently. Um, but, um, uh, you know, this could have changed the nature of the fight. and and uh, um, But it didn't. And Poznibio uh, came back, even with a very, very damaged eye, came back and... and uh, uh, took out Puzz- uh, Maggie's legs and then mm-hmm. won the fight. It was it was great. It was that fight. It was uh, Kulu Roundtree versus Johnny Walker. Kulu Roundtree is a, a guy that when I first saw him in the Ultimate Fighter, I was not not so impressed. He was it was okay, and he is maturing into uh, a great fighter. Unfortunately, Johnny Walker was just too much for him, and he hit him with this precise elbow that just. Um, finished him there was Cesar Ferreira versus uh, Heinish and um, that was a real grinder of a fight um, I told you my Marvera now one fight I have to talk about you know in this podcast we we mentioned uh, we mentioned um, 
what's his name? Um, the you know the the the, the Airbender. Uh, what's his name? Oh Which, crap! Yeah, um, you know who we always like. Uh, um, uh, you know the, the what's his name? Shoot, you know we we called him out before mm. anybody was like you know talking about him. We said this guy is gonna be it, and um, and. Uh, and he he's he's shown it you know be really amazing he you know he had a great fight recently um um and uh now i want to say there's a female fight oh what's what's his name it's israel israel adesanya right right so i have to say that we the minute i saw adesanya's first fight i was like i think adesanya is going to be be you know a, yeah, yeah. A, a, in the division crazy and 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 he is you know and people said oh he hasn't been tested every time he's tested he comes out and he wins you know yeah. he does great but i'm telling you Calvillo, Calvillo versus Botelio. This was a fight. It was to a female fighter. We're going to be talking about uh, Calvillo a year from now, two years from now. This girl, she had a great performance, uh, which I mentioned maybe two or five, six podcasts ago. Oh my God, this girl is just something else. She had, she just took Botelio to another, another deep just deep waters and she she caught a kick dragged her to the ground just unbelievable utter domination from the ground side control strikes open up this girl's face like crazy there's blood and then the girl gave up her back and she sunk in a bulldog choke turned into a rear naked choke and just finished the fight and it was just just pop 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 it was amazing and um and uh yeah i was i was just really impressed um she is going to be in the mix in the female division Coming forward, no question about it. She missed weight at the weigh-in, though. Oh, she by missed two weight. Pounds. Oh man, I did. I by two pounds. That sucks. Well, you know, she should do that. UFC. Um, you know, they have this UFC fight. Um, the nutritionists that they 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 get any any UFC fighters able to go to their their camp yeah, yeah, and yeah. do nutrition. She should probably do she that. She should do the Daniel Carmier, uh weight cut method. Push down on a towel. Uh, that was dirty. I remember that. That was really really dirty. It was uh-huh. really crazy. Um, um. Well, another another uh, great aspect of that fight. I'll, I won't talk too much about it anymore. But um, but um, uh, Sasaki Ulka was a, is a Japanese fighter, Uruka Sasaki, and he fought Pantoja, who was um, or Pantoja, he's, he's, he's Brazilian. Uh, he Pantoja um, did a flying armbar to an arm lock, to a leg lock, to a back take, to a finish. And I'm like, what? It was like <laughs> I, I can't even there, follow like, that. Jiu-jitsu! <laughs> <laughs> it was it was unbelievable, and Pantoja has still a way to go because he has some flaws in his game. But the minute it goes on the ground, this kid is unbelievable. He did a flying armbar, and it kind of looked like he was taken out, but he wasn't. He did a flying armbar to an arm, and then he turned into from that to an arm lock attacks sequence. He turned into a leg lock attack, turned to a from the leg lock. He turned into a back take and just took his back and within, and it was all within like seven seconds. It was like. And and Uruka was just totally outclassed. But but Uruka's um he's doing better. He he moved his camp to Weidman to uh, Saralongo camp here, and um you know which is something I want to talk about. A lot of Japanese fighters are, are and Asian fighters are moving over and and, and um and uh, uh working in the states. Um, and he's he's improving, but but that that guy was on another level, and mm-hmm. he just he just got outclassed. Um, then it comes down to you know, so that was that Magni Puznibio, that was a great card, and then there was Blades versus Ingano, and one of the things I just want to talk about the 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 couple couple of the highlight fights. We don't have to go too in it, but one of the things was interesting is this card was packed with Asian talent, and it was in w- China, right? It was in uh... yeah, it was in in uh, in. Um, it was in uh, Macau. No, it was uh, Beijing. It was in Beijing. Yeah, wow, Beijing. it was in Beijing. Cadillac wow. Arena. 
Yeah, I don't know. Cadillac Arena. What That's interesting. It? Yeah. Is that Cadillac Arena? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't yet, know there yeah. was a Cadillac Arena in Beijing. But um, um, it was filled with up-and-coming Asian talent. And there's some of these guys are really good. There was this um, this fighter, this female fighter. And, you know, she is just... She's just something else, uh, uh, Ping Yuan Liu. And she, this girl, she's just technically, you know, a lot of these Chinese fighters, technically they have a little bit way to go, but they're on the right track and they're really growing. They won't be dominant for a bit. They won't. Um, they're not at that level yet. But you see the scene growing and 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 the Asian Asian MMA really growing. And there's also the 1FC. I don't know if you know 1FC. You know, uh, mm-hmm. Chris Robinson was talking about it. They had Ed Foliang uh, fight the championship recently. And um, the Filipino fighters are also just crushing it. And, um, you know, it's nice to see MMA growing in, in, in Asia, like really growing. Um, uh, people don't realize that Shevchenko... You know, she fights out of Tiger Muay Thai in Thailand. So Thailand's very anti-MMA at this point um, because, they, they, you know, they like their, their Thai boxing. Mm-hmm. But it's, um, it's changing. And every country, step by step, is just absorbing MMA like America did. And, and China is very resistant to MMA because of their, you know, cultural heritage. And, you know, Chinese Kung Fu guys don't do well in MMA. They, you know, traditional guys. So it's like kind of like, Slightly embarrassing, and I mean, we talked about you know when the MMA guy beat up the the Tai Chi master, so called yeah, yeah. Tai Chi master, <laughs> and then the the Xi Jinping, the the the, the premier, the, the head of China. I mean, it's like Donald Trump talking about a, a MMA match. I guess that's not so far fetched <laughs> now that I think about I'm it. I'm pretty but, sure he has. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but um, you know, he commented that you know MMA is like bad, and then made these guys have no honor, and you know, so so there's there's a lot of pushback, but it is growing in China and it won't stop especially they're drawing from the Sanda practitioners who are Chinese kickboxing and uh, these these people are, are really they're, they're they're getting good and and I mean this guy Wei Ling Zhang took out Jessica Aguilar Ping, Ping Yuan Liu took out uh, Martin Day um, um, uh, they, they, Xiaonan Yang uh, she took out uh, Shiri Kondo uh, uh, Shiori Kondo and and um, you see they're coming. They're, the Chinese MMA is growing. And it, it's nice to see that they're growing. Um, now, the two maiden fights so what we could talk about was um, Alistair Overeem versus Sergey Pavlov. And Overeem is back. You know, the Reem... We'll see if the tests come back. Yeah, negative, right? yeah probably mm. not. <laughs> no, but you know, it's just though. horse meat he was eating. <laughs> sure. Ikea meatballs, I think. Ikea meatballs. <laughs> but he 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 had a very dominant performance, and then Francis Ngannou versus Curtis Blades. I'll, I'll I'm gonna say I'm gonna say something. I really thought Blades was gonna take it because I felt Ngannou had mentally crumbled. I think I said it on another podcast. Yeah, we've talked I, about yeah, that yeah. before. I think he was mentally crumbled, and and it just he he got his his mind straight. He came back, and he hit Curtis Blades. Um, yeah. And he hit him in the back of the head. Didn't make a full contact either. No, no. Solely. No, no. It was interesting because it didn't hit him in the chin. It didn't hit him in the temple. But, you know, a lot of the guys would reach. They're throwing these big overhands that hit the back of the head. And let me tell you, hitting the back of the head is is very effective. And I mean, I saw Randy Couture get dropped like that. A lot of fighters get dropped like that. Um, They're used to defending with boxing gloves. First of all, you can't hit the back of the head so well with the big boxing glove, but MMA glove you can. The second, guys, when you're wearing boxing gloves, you can kind of defend that because the boxing glove is so big. You don't have to bring your hand all the way back. And a lot of guys are... um, 
I think not training with MMA gloves as much as they should, and they're eating that shot. And you could see it just connected to the back of his head. It didn't even look like much, but it really dropped him. Of course, it's heavyweight, so heavyweight guy punches you anywhere. It's going to hurt. <laughs> but the back of the head is the medulla oblongata, and the below that is the the, the pons and the cerebellum. These are areas you don't want to get hit. And they um and and then he just yeah he battered him on the ground. So it's interesting. Uh, one of the things I, I really like to see, and, and uh, the pre-fight um, videos is something I watch all the time, the Shevchenko training, um, most MMA fighters, unless they're hitting pads, are now sparring with MMA gloves. And they're sparring light because, of course, they can hurt each other, but most of the time they spar in MMA gloves because when they're working their defense, they get an artificial sense of of protection when they fight in boxing gloves. And um, so you can see the only guy to still train in boxing gloves that I've seen is actually Daniel Cormier. <laughs> well, why would they train in boxing gloves? That's not a real... Right, because of protection. I think they're thinking of the head trauma. Oh, okay. um, you know, I totally understand that. Um, but because you can't you can't just tee off on each other, yeah. AKA style, <laughs> um, uh, with if you're not wearing boxing gloves, it's just too dangerous. MMA gloves, it's like you're going to get really hurt. Yeah. But what happens is they start training, but they train a little lighter, but they train more in boxing gloves. Um Daniel Cormier, as I, I heard, um, even he said he likes to drop his training partners in training. I think so. I think his training partners like I'm not. I'm not going to go into your camp unless you put some boxing gloves oh on. <laughs> but for defense, right, if you're yeah. working defense, you have to you have to train in in the in the context you're going to fight in, which mm-hmm. is MMA gloves. Yeah, it does make yeah. sense. Yeah, and um, and also you know I think you, you can see people. Um, I know in our camp, we are t- always talking about headbutts and how headbutts can change the game and how people are sneaking in those headbutts as, as a tactical way to, to, to da- you know, damage your opponent, get a cut, or to, um, to, 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 to cut, shut his eye. And you have to start you know, training the, the headbutt defense as well. And when you, when, you, when you block a little higher, you don't have to worry as much about headbutts. When you block boxing style, you have to work, worry about headbutts. Mm-hmm. And... Um, uh, obviously, the you know ground and pound headbutt is not the referee will call that, but they're just being very sneaky. They're grinding it up. They're not cocking their head backs and and, and throwing their head in. What they're doing is is they're they're making it look like a shot and then gr- you know and then just short popping the head. Mm-hmm. Very very effective. Is there a fight uh, promotion that allows headbutts? Well, there's Lathway in 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 uh, uh, Burma, which is Burmese Thai boxing. So basically, Thai boxing doesn't allow headbutts, but Lathwai does. I posted it, uh, a video of it in, in, uh, on, our, on our Facebook page, but uh, it's basically what they call the art of nine limbs. So the art of eight limbs is, is uh, Muay Thai, which is uh, fists, elbows, uh, knees, and feet. So that's eight, you know, eight limbs, right? Mm-hmm. And the nine limbs is the head. You know, the, the ninth is the head where you can add headbutts. And yeah. it does change the game. It, you know, the, the, there's a, a way you have to fight. Just like bare knuckle changes the game, uh, adding headbutts changes the game. Do you, get, do you train that at Radical? Uh, all the time. So I'm the headbutt king. How to best headbutt without hurting yourself? I yes, assume. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, and, and it's a real it's a real technique. And I was very lucky to, to have trained um, – uh, first, under uh, guys in, in Japan who, who who were very much into in, into that style of self defense, and and uh, guys who actually one of them had actually been to Burma and, and trained that, but other guys who just part, bring bring part of their style. Uh, the kudo kudo uh, karate, which is knockdown karate, with it's like basically MMA karate. They wear these big um, bubble masks. Which are so they allow headbutting because it's just your head headgear versus my headgear, mm-hmm. so nobody gets cut. So the the kudo um, uh, or daidojuku karate, which is this, this MMA karate style in Japan, allows headbutts. They allow um, 
uh, pretty much every every strike imaginable. Mm. And um, so I was lucky to train with some people from from that background. And um, also, I just took to headbutts generally. And I when I you know I, I <laughs> as just, a child I used as to a child I was, my mother. <laughs> that's why I'm so brain damaged. <laughs> no, but but you know the the way you headbutt to not hurt yourself is very important. Yeah. And just cocking back and, and and jamming your head against someone's eyebrow with your eyebrow is not the way to do it. You know, you use the hardest part of your head. In very tactical ways against very weak parts of their What's head. What's the hardest part of my head? Um, well, you know, think you like devil horns. Okay. Those spots, those two areas right there are extremely hard. Um, uh, the weakest part being uh, the, the center of your, your head, which is, you know, because as a baby, your head is not. Um, uh, yeah, what's the deal with that? That's weird. Yeah, well, I think it's because to be Evolution, born. Come on. Yeah. Oh yeah, to be <laughs> you born. have to fit out of the. Sure. Universe. Yeah. Yeah. A, yeah. A small <laughs> opening. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, but anyway, it was a huge night of fights. Amazing. Uh, uh, and then of course Nagano won and Overeem won, and they're they're back. And so it's nice to see the heavyweight division. Some people back in in the mix. Yeah. I was I felt bad for Curtis Blades. Um, I, w- I was uh, you know kind of like kind of like him, but he's his striking needs a lot of work too. You know he he's not he's not the, the 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 best striker yet. He needs to go back on the drawing board and 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 uh, get a little better. So where does uh, Nagano go next? I don't know. You know he said that he uh, he wants to fight Overeem or Overeem said he, he, they're probably going to fight each other again. And Overeem was like, oh, it's going to go different this time. I think they have to fight, and the winner of that fight goes on to maybe another title shot against Cormier. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. yeah. But I think Cormier would take both of them. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think so. Yeah, he's he's uh um you know, yeah it, it's hard, but I think he would he would take you know it's particularly Nangano. I think Nangano doesn't have an answer for Cormier's wrestling. Now wasn't doesn't when uh, Cormier loses to John Jones in December, doesn't Cormier vacate the heavyweight title? He's gonna have to vacate one. Yeah, that's what they said. Unless he defends it. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious to see how that they works. were supposed to vacate him of the the light have light the the light title because he's they, gonna defend yeah he's anyway. defend it, but um. But I, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't really follow who you know wh- the, that that side, yeah. you know. But uh, I, I, you know, one thing I respect about the UFC, and you know, they put on a great product and they make the top guys fight the top guys, like you know, all the time. And if you don't fight the top guys right away, you're not defending right away, you you get the the, the belt taken away from you, and that's that's just just great. And you mm-hmm. don't see that uh, as much in in boxing or anything like that. You like kind of a joke now. You know, um, people av- avoid each other. Like in the UFC, if you try to avoid someone, you know, then you excuse me, then you then you get your belt taken away. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but uh, but it was great night of fights, and it's nice to see um, a, a card of of people from Asia um, really, really, you know, trying to just I see Asian MMA uh, growing again. I when I was um, growing up. Japan was more the home of MMA for a little while than America was because, you know, we banned – in America, the UFC was basically banned everywhere and mm-hmm. it was – you know, you couldn't get it. So everybody's watching Pride and, and it was huge in Japan. It was amazing. And Japanese had some great fighters for the time. And then it just completely died out of Japan. And there was nowhere else in Asia where it was really big. Yakuza, right? Yakuza? Yeah, you know, it was a, a lot bit. of things. That's, that's a great question. Um, there was Yakuza ties, so they got taken off TV. But I don't think that's the only reason. You know, I, I always I'm thinking about this. But um, why did MMA in Japan die, and and it hasn't recovered? And all most of the top Japanese fighters right now, they train abroad. 
Um, and and if they want to get good, they just they train abroad. And uh, like we were talking about Sasaki Urka, he's he's training here in New York. Um, uh, so is Mizuki, who she's a Japanese female fighter. Um, there's a lot of Japanese fighters that train abroad. And um, why why do they not get the training in Japan? Um, and then you can you can see this. Look at what's going on in the Philippines. There's a team called Team Lake. And Lake Lake. And um they are producing really good talent. The Philippines is coming out with some great talent. And one of the reasons is, I believe, is because people from different styles cooperate with each other more. So in, in the one FC promotion, I think they they encourage that because the owner of the one FC also owns a bunch of gyms in Singapore where he hires like the top, top of the top Muay Thai fighters, and then he brings in the top of the top jiu-jitsu fighters and he brings in top wrestlers. So he can afford to bring these guys in and make them work with everybody. So that's one reason. But the other, but you can't say it's the same about Philippines because this gym, Team Lakay, in the Philippines is this tiny gym in the middle of nowhere. Mm. But what they do is they send their fighters to train with actually one of my friends, John Balin, who was uh, one of, he was an Olympian in judo, but he's also an amazing jiu-jitsu fighter. So they send him to train here, they train there. And, and you can see that they're drawing on a lot of knowledge from what the best guys in the Philippines. And there's some really good guys, you know, some really good boxers, some really good, so they're putting it together. You can see the Filipino fighters coming together and working with each other. In Japan, I think one of the reasons why Japan MMA didn't isn't where it's supposed to be is because while Japan has a lot of knowledge in martial arts, if you go to the top judo guys in Japan, they are amazing. You go to the top, um, some of the top strikers in Japan, they're, they're amazing, but they don't work together. Hmm. They're like, I'm over here in my karate world. I'm over here in my judo world. I'm over here in this world. And nobody works together. And, you know, the jiu-jitsu world in Japan, the Brazilian jiu-jitsu world, not the traditional jiu-jitsu world, but Brazilian jiu-jitsu world in Japan is pretty big now. Like, Brazilian jiu-jitsu is pretty pretty well practiced, and there's some really good guys. But, you know, I don't follow it so well. My wife follows it a little bit more. But she was saying that there's a lot of tension or disdain from the Brazilian jiu-jitsu world to the MMA world or even the no-gi world. So there's guys who compete in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. They're like, oh, we're gi, and we don't do no gi. And it's changing, but then there's the guys who do no gi or the guys who do MMA, and they're all kind of separate, and they don't work together as much. And, um, um, I mean, you see this in America. Like, you go to any major camp, and you see a huge pool of talent in the instruction from lots of different styles, whether it's like, um, you know, Team Alpha Male, where you have – you know, they brought in um, Dwayne Ludwig for a while. They brought in this guy. They brought in that guy. Whether it's Jackson Wink, whether it's um, um, the American Top Team, what, what these top, these amazing teams, they're successful because they bring in, well, AKA as well, they bring in so many good guys. AKA brought in uh, the Vieira brothers, uh, Leo Vieira, who's Jiu-Jitsu Phenom, and his brother Rico. To uh, to add in that jiu-jitsu element, of course, they have the takedown element from Daniel Cormier as a fighter, but they have great takedown coaches, and they have Javier Mendez, who's a great striker, so and a lot of other great striking instructors, too. So they have a tremendous amount of knowledge on one mat, and everybody's working together. And you know what? AK guys, and you can see there's a Luke Rockhold. They're not afraid to send him abroad because you remember, he worked in Florida and and uh, with um, uh, Anthony Hardunk. And um, yeah, uh, yeah, you yeah. Another, yeah, you went to another gym for a while. They're like, yeah, you go over to the gym, you learn something, come back, and and we're we're cool with it. You know, bring that knowledge back. Why are the why is the Japanese afraid of that? I don't know. You know, <laughs> that's you a know, good question. You know, it's 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 you know what I think it is. Also, it's like it's like um, 
the Japanese martial arts world was always fractured like that. You know, like karate guys were karate guys, and and you know kickboxers were kickboxers, and they're they're and then this these guys were these guys, and they they just don't work together. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's like kind of comfortable in their own little in their own little. Maybe like, Japan's too safe, and they don't feel like they have to train multiple styles. They're not getting attacked on the streets. You know, you know, it's funny you should say that. Okay, because you're right. You're right that that the population of people interested in martial arts is an issue. And I want to talk about that because uh, I would talk about wrestling. So I just listened to this podcast of this wrestler. And and he's like, you know, uh, the difference between um, what America wrestles, and we, one of the reasons why America wrestles so well uh, is because they got the numbers. He's like, America's a huge country with a huge pool of wrestlers. So you just have bodies. Like you go into a wrestling room, any big wrestling room in any big university, and there's like 100 guys there to, to train with. And he's like, yeah, I was I, – this guy was from Canada. And, and he was like, yeah, you know, we just didn't have that kind of, that kind of bench. Mm. And because Japan is a safe country, you know, there's not as much interest on the functional martial arts as there is on the cultural martial arts. You know, cultural martial arts, not really fighting. Mm-hmm. You do it because it's fun. You lose some weight, blah, blah, blah. There's not as much interest in the cult, in the functional martial arts, so you don't have less of a population. But um, the MMA boom at one point changed that. So the MMA boom in the 90s brought a lot of people to the functional martial arts because it was cool. It was just it was a cool thing to do. You know, like soccer was cool, but MMA was cool. Now MMA is not so cool anymore. And so the population is an issue. But I think... I think it goes back to also like, uh, let me, you know, I was talking about the Kudo karate, right? Let me tell you the story. This was back in the 70s. So this guy studied Kyokushin karate. His name was Azuma, right? Master Azuma. And Azuma studied karate, but he'd also studied judo before that. So the head of Kyokushin karate, who he was training under, was Masayama. Masayama's a very famous guy. He killed a bull with his bare hands. And, you know, he's, he's the, the head of the Kyokushin organization. He's revered in martial arts circles. Mm-hmm. So he says to Oyama, he says, uh, Master Oyama, you know, I, what you're doing with karate is amazing. But, you know, judo's pretty cool too. We should combine them. And you know what Oyama says? He says, get the fuck out of my organization. <laughs> and he bans him. He tamon, which is banishment. So his answer to like mixing styles is like get the hell out of here, mm. and 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 so I think there's an element of just hidebound closed mindedness in in the Japanese martial art cultures. The other side is um, is that like I'll tell you personally when I was training judo, I had a judo instructor, and he hated MMA. He absolutely hated it. And I'm like, I can't believe this. I was like, and, and I revere him. His name was Sensei Hirata. He was a ground fighting master, and and he he was one of great human beings. But he was doing judo um, um, culturally, but sportively, because he didn't believe. He said MMA was too violent, and he says it's not good for the country. And you're dealing with Japan had experienced a lot of, you know, um, uh, violence. They perpetrated a lot of violence in World War II, and so. There's a, a, a pacifistic cult part of Japanese culture that says we don't want to do that again. So let's use martial arts as a path for self-cultivation and not so much as a path to explore violence and, 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 and fighting. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's a lot of martial artists who are really good 
don't in their own worlds don't like to go into MMA because they're like, especially the older generation, they're like, um, you know, oh, you know, this is too violent. Let's 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 let's. It's not good for kids. This is not a good you know thing for role models. You know, I, I want my kids to do judo and be sportsmen and things like that. And I, I get that too. You know, but it's a shame because. The, the the balkanization of the martial arts world in Japan is making it not be effective. And and I guess America was like that in the 80s before the UFC. And that's why, you know, you saw single style fighters for a while, but then everybody's like, okay, let's mix, let's mix, mix, mix. And I talked about this, you know, the last fight, the biggest fight in the UFC 25 history where you could see every single MMA, MMA element that was the turning point was Shamrock versus Tito Ortiz. And and you saw every element of fighting, and that was like when everybody's like, okay, we're gonna change everything. We're gonna change mm-hmm. jitsu. We're gonna change wrestling. We're tain- we're gonna train, you know, uh, uh, muay thai. We're gonna train boxing, and we're gonna create, you know, hybrid styles of all of us working together, mm-hmm. and we're gonna cooperate. And and that's that's interesting. And you know, that's one of the reasons why I I you know have spoken to Professor Ken. You know, I don't know everything, and Professor Ken is a genius in what he does. It's a striking master for the guys who don't finish podcast, and he and I are working together. Uh, and um, and I want to draw from um, – we had a seminar with uh, Samad Payakarun, who's the best Muay Thai guy, Muay Thai fighter ever. And um, we had a recently a, 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 a Greco-Roman seminar. And, and the idea is to bring knowledge, as much knowledge into my academy as we, we possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like the curator. And there's some things you know that I'm like, mm, I don't like that. So I'm curating in the sense that you, know, you can't just bring everything because some things don't work. So you have to scientifically test – and then what you know, and then and then and evolve, right? But anyway, that's why I think uh, uh, MMA in Japan is not recovering. You know, mm-hmm. but but you you know the idea of the population issue is a big issue because it's not a dangerous place. You know, but um, but uh, but I think it's also the, the 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 separation of styles and their lack of cooperation. You know, we need a Japanese Conor McGregor. To you do incite the the you, masses, right? You do, you do, and and you're right. And Sakuraba was that guy for a while. Mm-hmm. He was the the he was you know the Japanese Conor McGregor for a while, and and he was cool. And um, uh, but we'll see. Maybe 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 we'll come back. Interesting. You know? Yeah. But speaking of, of of Tito Ortiz, did you did you hear that Tito Ortiz and uh, and uh, Chuck Liddell had a fight again? They had that already. Yeah, that was yesterday. How did I miss yesterday. That? It was awful. It was just awful. Did they bring their wheelchairs into the ring? Tito Ortiz actually looked pretty good. Chuck Liddell did not. Chuck Liddell look, was like awful. Chuck and, Liddell has not looked good for a long time. Right. And he just got dropped by Tito Ortiz and like it was nothing. Like like a sack of potatoes. Was it early? Yeah, it was pretty it was pretty early. It was it wasn't even competitive. And uh and he just got dropped. And he couldn't move, he was sluggish, and um and Tito Ortiz looked pretty good though. You know, like he had a his neck surgery, so he's actually um He's actually, uh, uh, you know, he looks pretty good. You know, he 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 is. You know, he fought like about a year ago, right? So he, it's not like he's been out of the, the ring for a while. Where did they, where did they fight in? Uh, this is the promotion. It was um, uh, a, a boxing promotion, Golden Boy Promotions. It was uh, Oscar De La Hoya. He he created his own promotion. <laughs> yeah, but it just shows, you know, like uh, the boxers have very little care for fighter fighter health. And 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 it, it's sad because Chuck Chuck Liddell should not be fighting. And Dana White said you'll never fight in the UFC again because you, you're not supposed to fight because I care about you. He's like you're my friend. And Oscar De La Hoya is like, okay, I don't give a crap. Has he got money problems? Is why is he fighting? Again? No, I think it's just that ego. You know what we talked about in the what podcast? It's hard for a fighter to it's retire. Hard, yeah, it's hard to retire. Uh, Chuck Liddell is apparently calling out John Jones. Psh, oh my God! <laughs> John Jones says no. 
<laughs> Not after this fight. Oh my I think gosh. that call out was before that because he just looked terrible. Oh my gosh. All right. What's a, what's coming up next? We still have the John Jones fight to look forward to. Yeah, and the uh, oh my god, there's so much coming up. It's really exciting. So this weekend, or no, then two weeks is the first the uh, or- Ortega Ortega fight. Oh yeah. Oh my god, I really can't wait for that. Looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah, me too. And then you know the Shevchenko fight, and it's just mm-hmm. just so many uh, coming up. So, um, uh, yeah, Holloway Ortega is coming up, and then there's. Um, um, Jones, Gustav Gustafsson, and um, so many, just so many coming up. That's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing, unbelievable. Dos Santos. Yeah, yeah, that's not so amazing. <laughs> 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 but I want, I can't wait for Val- Shevchenko versus Jajerjic, and uh, Ooh, Mark Hunt's back. Mark Hunt is back. Oh man, he should go away. <laughs> Coming up, uh, yeah, but yeah, that, this week? I, 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 yeah, Alaquinta is fighting uh, Kevin Lee. That's a good fight too. Oh yeah, yeah. Kevin Lee is amazing. Yeah, and uh, we'll see. You know which guy is ready, ready to go. And uh, Rafael does this weekend also is the Ultimate Fighter finale. Um, Rafael dos Anjos versus Kamara Usman. That's a that's an interesting fight. That's a really interesting fight, and I, I'm going to watch that. So it should be. We'll talk about it next week. Where's that? On? Is that on the Fight Pass? That is no. Uh, it's on TV, I think. We, yeah. we love TV. We love TV. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, the ultimate fighter finale. You know, uh, um, I haven't watched any of the seasons this year. Would I be lost if I watched it? Nah, don't one? watch it. It's um, it's actually the ultimate. This this ultimate fighter, uh, technically, it's um, not that not that good. no, not that good. No, no, really not. Oh my gosh, it's really not Ortega, Holloway, Shevchenko, Jerzyk. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. gonna be such a, a good... huge, huge fight. But um. So anyway, so that's what's going on. Um, it's uh, it's did did just you know. Um, it, it's nice to see. It's nice to see MMA really grow um, uh, in in Asia again. You know, it's a really confusing uh, notion, and I don't know if this may sound ignorant, but to have MMA be so. I mean, it makes sense when you think about it more in depth. But MMA be not very big in Asian. Communities. When I think of martial arts, immediately I think of Japan and China. Right, right, or Korea too. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, and martial arts are because all they're over so here. siloed in their right. different disciplines. Right, right, and um, I mean, it's also like when you're that siloed. So this is what's happening in jujitsu. It's happening in jujitsu now. So, like, you get siloed into your interdiscipline. Then you 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 go to a point where it stops working in MMA because you get so into your little discipline. Because you get so into the little like details of your, of your your interpersonal game and your rule set like taekwondo, like modern Brazilian jiu jitsu, then you go into MMA and you get the shit kicked out of you, and you're like, I don't want to do that again. Oh, and then you make an excuse, oh, MMA sucks. <laughs> so that that's like that happens a lot. We're like, well, why am I going to support a rule set where I look bad? Mm. <laughs> you know, let's say like kung fu guys, like the first thing, like ah, MMA fighters, you know, Krab Baga guys too, like ah, MMA fighters, it's it doesn't work on the street. The street's different. MMA mm-hmm. is different from the street. You know, so they just bad mouth because they look bad in it. So if you if you're if you're a taekwondo guy, and obviously certain elements of taekwondo work in MMA, but taekwondo as it's trained for taekwondo competition is not a good preparation for MMA. First of all, you have to work together with other styles. Second, you have to change what you do a lot. And the 
that's just a fact. It's just a fact, mm-hmm. you know? Um, same with boxing. You have to change the way you box for MMA because it's different, you know? Uh, especially Mayweather. Like, you know, if you play a Mayweather kind of Philly shell style, you know, you're going to have to change a lot. And um, you do a lot of bobbing and weaving. You can kick in the face. You can kick your leg kick. You can leg chopped out. Modern Brazilian jiu-jitsu is shying away from MMA because a lot of the Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioners are not doing well unless they unless they, they really adapt. Um, but... So what it does is Brazilian jiu-jitsu guys, then they make an excuse and they're like, oh, you know, MMA, the rules are against jiu-jitsu too much. Oh, it's it's not, a, you know, we don't have to do this, blah, 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 blah. And then they just go back into their style where they feel, you know, they're a little turtle going back into their shell, <laughs> you know, and, and, and it's, it's it, instead of evolving. Mm-hmm. But, you know, let me tell you, MMA is hard. <laughs> it may come as a shock to you, Matt, but <laughs> MMA is hard. And it's not fun to get punched in the face. Mm. So would you rather train at a lower level of intensity every day? Yeah, probably, because it fucking sucks to get the shit kicked out of you. But you have to see the value in that. You have to see the value in, in that in that lesson of humility. Oh, my God. Okay, so instead of doing this, I'm going to evolve and learn. But, you know, we're all human beings, and that's a hard choice to make. That's that's hard to say, hmm, the way I've been doing it up till now is not enough. Let me evolve. Mm-hmm. Let me grow. That's hard. It's a hard thing to say, but we all have to say it. And that's that's the the key to dropping that ego and moving along. It's got to be hard if you're at the top of your game in, say, judo. Right. And then you go and you're like, I'm going to fight MMA and you lose. Totally. It really sucks. Especially, you know, when – you know what's really hard is when you have, like, a number one move that you do in your style – and then you're like, oh, that will never work over here. Mm. And you're like, what? I'm not going over there. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going over there. Right? <laughs> you know, like, and that happened with me because uh, I do, I do. With, I used to do in judo. I used to think called a fireman's carry throw, and it, you can adjust it. Like I've learned since learned how to adapt it for MMA, but you you very rarely see it. Very, you know what a fireman's carry is? Yeah, I put my hand between the guy's leg and I, mm-hmm. you know, I pick him up and throw him. And but you rarely rarely see it in MMA. It's not a, a top throw. Um, because the, there's two things that can happen. If you screw it up, you get kicked in the face. And you have nothing blocking you. So that's bad. Mm. <laughs> You're going to get you know major um, uh, 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 rhinoplasty yeah. <laughs> courtesy of someone's knee. And, and the second is if you, if you put it there, you can actually put yourself in what we call top crucifix, a crucifix position where you, your arm gets stuck between his legs and the guy just has to punch you in the face. So, so generally speaking, like uh, uh, a fireman's carry is not uh, a high-level move in, in – um, and MMA, but you know, when I was judo, I was. They've since made uh, fireman's carry legal. But um, when I was, I would just fireman's carry people all day in judo. I was like my favorite throw, one of my favorite throws. And and then going into MMA, I'm like, oh. I remember this happened to me in Brazil. So I was training in Brazil. I was training with this guy named Sahizo, right? And I tried a fireman's carry at him, right? And he let me throw him once. He's like, because he was teaching me, right? And he's like, you know, that's really not going to work like that in in a real fight or just in jujitsu. You have to be careful. I'm like. Yeah, whatever, dude. I mean, you know, I was a little like, yeah, whatever, dude. You know, and then he goes, just watch. Okay, I tried again, and he locks my arms up. I can't move at all. I'm stuck. I'm just pinned. And he goes, he starts tickling my ear. And he goes, he starts, he starts tickling my ear. He's like, you see, I told you it wouldn't work. And he held me there for like like a minute. And I was like, oh, motherfucker. You know, and then I was, and then he choked me out. And and then I was like, okay, I believe you now. Wow. <laughs> and, you know, it's, um, uh, um, it's a tough pill to swallow when your best move, not only a move, but your best move, your best moves are just have to be discarded. 
You know, and and um, but MMA is MMA. It's it's unflinchingly real and unflinchingly a blow to your ego every day, every day. Like today, I was I was sparring a little today. And I have a little injury, but I I did one thing, and and one of my white belt students kind of countered it. I'm like, mm, man, you know, I got to work on this a little more. You know, this, <laughs> you know, this guy James, he just he just countered my move. That's not supposed to happen. Oh, I got to get a little sharper. You know, um, and uh, uh, so that's. That 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 blow to your ego is is going to happen all the time, and 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 you have to adjust to it. Getting in your stuck in those silos is not the way to go. We talked about this in another podcast before, but you have to cooperate and you have to grow and you have to break the divisions between the styles, mm-hmm. and and a lot of that is ego, a lot of it's tradition, a lot of it's um, just not wanting to get a punch in the face too because it sucks, um, but. You got to do it. You got to do it. You got to do it. Fighting is not Taekwondo. Fighting is not boxing. Fighting is not jujitsu. Fighting is not wrestling. Fighting's fighting. Yeah. MMA is the not fighting, but it's the closest, closest thing to fighting. Yeah. Right. So we these these styles, these creations, that these martial arts that we created, they're all artificial. They don't exist outside of someone's head. The rules. They're right. They're just some dude Your made rules. it up. Fighting is fighting. You ever watch bum fights? I watch bum fights all the time. You <laughs> No, I, they, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because you know, you want to see what untrained guys do. Yeah, you want to see what their reactions are. I watch a lot of bare knuckle boxing. I watch a lot of street fights, bum Re- fights. Remember Kimbo? Yeah. When he was, oh, that's what you mean by bum fights? I no, mean actually, I mean bums, the real oh, bum yeah, fights. Oh yeah, yeah I watch. I used to watch the Kimbo videos on YouTube, and he would. Just <laughs> you see like, the one where he knocked the guy's eye out? Yeah. Was, oh my god, that was gross. <laughs> and then when he came into MMA, it didn't work for yeah. some reason. Yeah, just, it didn't work. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and it's, not, it's not like Kimbo wasn't a bad boxer. It's just that's all he was. Well, he was fighting scrubs. He was fighting scrubs. That's... And though you know who came up through Kimbo's um, thing, who's actually really freaking good, yeah. Jorge Masvidal. So there's some guys that came up through that same Florida like bum fight ring, yeah. but they're really freaking good. There's but you know what they did? They evolved. They grew. You yeah. know, and and what Kimbo didn't was he didn't evolve. He didn't grow, especially when it came to grappling and mm-hmm. things like that. Too many steroids too. Too many steroids. Rest in peace, Kimbo. Rest in peace. <laughs> Maybe that's a good place to leave it for the day. Yeah. Um, so we got a lot of big fights to look forward to in December. Yes. December's right around the corner. Yes. And, um, and Matt, yeah. I'm, we, we have not solidified what the rules are for I, the next bet. I don't want to bet anymore. <laughs> oh, come on. My mom come says on, I can't leave, do it. You, your mom said, you, really? Your mom said you can't do it? <laughs> but she says she won't listen to the show because all you do is hurt me. Really? She said that? <laughs> she did. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mrs. Peters. I'm sorry, Mrs. Peters. Don't worry, he's not he's not permanently damaged. No, just emotionally. Scrubbed. Emotionally. <laughs> Did she listen to the one where 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 you, I shocked? I showed you? her the video and she <laughs> she wouldn't she wouldn't listen to it. But you shocked me more than I shocked you. Yeah. Anyway. The, well, the next big one, I think we both agree that we Ortega. We both going Ortega. You know, okay. So you're gonna go Ortega. Okay, for for the purpose of bet, I'll take uh, Holloway. But I think Ortega's gonna win. But okay. for purpose of bet, I'll take Holloway. But you know what? It's a close fight because Holloway is a freaking scrapper. Oh, he's, yeah. he's a scrapper. That guy is something else. I think Brian Ortega is just on another level. Yeah. And talk about an evolution of a fighter. When Brian Ortega first started, his striking was not that good. And look at him now. The guy could go in a boxing match, boxing straight boxing, and do really well. That's how good he is. He's really freaking good. And that whoever he hired, I, I see his boxing train on on the the fight pass type stuff. You know the the videos. I don't know his name, but that guy is a great 
trainer. Mm-hmm. That guy is really good in every single fight. Ortega, Ortega is growing and growing and growing. The one thing I haven't seen as much as I would like to see is his takedown, uh, uh, his takedown ability. Mm-hmm. I don't see him going for takedown as much as I'd like to see him. He doesn't need to. He's amazing. He doesn't need to. Knock right, right. Out. Not yet. Okay. But eventually he will. All right. So uh, how about this? We uh, Whoever wins gets the punch the other person in the arm. Done. I've never felt your punch yet. Uh, yeah, but I'm going to lose this one because you took Ortega. Well, I'm a weak puncher, yeah. so you're going to win. Well, want to no. do a double no, bet on the Shevchenko and Jerzyk? Oh, no, no, no. No <laughs> knuckle punch. No knuckle punch. What are you talking about? You can't knuckle punch. You said punch. There's you didn't say, rules. No, there are no rules. This is not MMA. <laughs> this is a podcast. <laughs> All right. Punch, All right. No. Punch, no. Okay. Punch. 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 Yeah. Punch yeah. Battle. But when I was a kid, uh, my my best friends and I we used to have this called a uh, punch game. So we just get bored. This is what bored teenagers do. We'd roll dice, and whoever loved the dice, everybody had to punch the guy. Oh my god! Before the <laughs> internet, gentlemen. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and lucky stars. <laughs> Although now we just we use an app to roll dice instead. Right. 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 All right. All right. So so okay. So you got Ortega, yeah. and I'll take I'll take. Um, Hmm, Shevchenko Jurjic. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Shevchenko. Well, I was gonna take Jurjic anyways. Well, cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna take Shevchenko. I actually She's think for blood. I actually think it's too close to call. I think Joanna could really take it. But you think it'll go all the way? Yeah, it'll yeah. go all the way because no, they, neither of them have like no, ma- striking finishers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think you know Shevchenko did beat her once before in Muay Thai, in European Muay Thai. Yeah. And she's got a little bit of a maybe advantage because she have a reach advantage too. Yeah, a little bit. And also, you know, I, um, I think what happens is is like again we we talked about this the scoring like how do you score kicks versus how do you score punches? And Yuana's like counter kicker a little bit. Um, so she, yeah, you know, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. I would, but I would say Shevchenko. I would say Shevchenko on this one. I'm right. leaning, yeah, leaning softly to Shenko, and while I'll take Holloway, I'm leaning softly to to Ortega. But it's it's a fight, man. Ortega um, Holloway will be there. Cool. All yeah. right, we'll yeah. see what happens this weekend, and then uh, I'm gonna punch Renee on Monday. We'll see. Or he's gonna punch me. Thanks. For no, listening. no, no, not this. But it's two weeks away. Oh yeah, yeah. It's not this weekend. Yeah. This weekend is uh somebody else. Yeah. All right. This is the the Ultimate Fighter finale. Yeah, which nobody's gonna watch. I watch it. You watch. It. All right. Let us know how it goes. Okay. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will see you next week. See you next week? I'm still going to punch you anyways. You're going to punch me? Okay. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Marshall underscore Culture and on Instagram at Marshall Culture Cast. Please leave a review on iTunes, and we'll see you next time on the Marshall Culture Podcast.